Hey everybody, it's Jesse Pornock, the Director of Marketing here at 7 Figure Flipping. Today's podcast is Andy McFarland's live presentation from Flip Hacking Live 2022. He's talking KPIs, people. It's a must listen. If you missed Flip Hacking Live, don't miss it a second time. Bill Allen is bringing it to you live October 27th and 28th in the Flip Hacking Live virtual experience. And if you can't make it live, no worries, we got your back. We're going to have the presentations on demand all the way till Sunday the 30th. So that gives you four full days to take in the experience. I can't wait. I hope to see you there in the chats. That's enough for me. Enjoy the podcast. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. And uh, I tell Bill every year, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't have to speak. I'm good. Like, I don't need to do this. And every year he's just like shakes his head. And he's like, well, you're going to you're going to go speak anyway. But this year I said, well, what do you want me to speak about? He said, "Uh, KPIs and fundamentals. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to speak about KPIs and fundamentals. So, but I always want to lead. And here's what I hope you guys get from me today. I hope you guys can get some tactics. I'm going to give you some of those. But I hope you guys get some principles. I want you guys to be listening in my presentation for some principles that are true because they'll translate across your whole life, okay? And this one, Vanessa saw my slides early. She had me send them in. And I think she was kind of questioning. She emailed me back and she's like, oh, I think you have some slides that might be, you know, out of place. Uh, She's probably talking about this because I put the thank you slide first. Here's a cure principle in life. I think you should always lead with gratitude. This event is amazing. It's done a lot of things for me. This group has done a lot of things for me, but I also want to thank you guys because you guys are the power of this event. You guys and what you bring and you come here every year, this is the power of the event, all of you. So I want to thank sincerely, sincerely, each and every one of you for spending your time and your money to come here and spend this time with us. Thank you. Sincerely, thank you. And investing in yourselves. Thank you for doing that. And that is a true principle. This, I call this the family reunion. Um, Flip Hacking Live is a family reunion. There's people that come in and out of, of, the, of the mastermind programs and things, and we all become a big family. You guys can feel that, right? You guys have felt this. It's, it's a family here. And uh, I love this time of the year because it is the family reunion. So cool. Um, you guys know what this is? What is this? It's a Pinewood Derby, right? So some of you... Um, might have had a little fear struck in your heart when you saw this, this picture because that's what happened to me. So a Pinewood Derby, for those of you who don't know, is the Cub Scouts, they do this. They, uh, they build these cars and then they race them, right? So uh, my son came home a couple of years ago with a Pinewood Derby car box. They come in a box and it's got a little piece of wood in there and it's got four nails and it's got some wheels. That's what it comes home in, right? He is super excited because they tell him about this Pinewood Derby, you're gonna build this car and it's gonna be so great. And he brings it home And what happens to me is my heart sinks and I'm just like, that box could have been 10,000 pounds. I'm just like, oh no. Because the first time as a father, and I participated in the Pinewood Derby as a kid, but the first time as a father, what do you guys know, the fathers in here that have done the Pinewood Derby, what do you know about the Pinewood Derby? You build it. It's your Pinewood Derby too. This is my Pinewood Derby. And what it's saying is as a father, because my young son, he can't build this car. And the truth of it is like, I'm knowing at that point it's 10,000 pounds because I can't build this car either. I can't. I'm not handy, which is kind of ironic because I'm a house flipper. I'm not handy at all, okay? So he brings home this box, and he's all excited to build this car, and of course I can't let him down, but I'm thinking for like weeks. I know when the Pinewood Derby is, and I'm thinking about it for weeks. I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? 
So I'm calling friends and neighbors and other people. I'm kind of cobbling this thing together. My son's so excited. When are we going to build it, Dad? When are we going to build it, Dad? I'm like, oh, oh we're going to build it. Like, we're going to go. Thursday night. We're going to go. We're going to do it. So we carve out a little bit of time and we go to build this primary car. And I go to a friend who happens to have, I don't even know what it's called. Some of you guys in there are like knowing. It's a machine that kind of cuts the wood, right? And we cut the wood into a shape that seems like it's going to work that my son wants. That's cool. We got the shape. And I'm like, thank goodness, because I didn't have that machine in my house. And then uh, we go to put the wheels on. I heard before, like, I think you need to do the wheels a certain way because it's going to be fast if not, right? And my son wants to win this thing, right? You're going to be in this competition you want to win, and his dad's going to help him win because his dad's the greatest guy in the world, right? So I'm like, okay. So we go to his other friend, and he's teaching me how to, like, you don't want to nail it in this way. You kind of want to do it this way. And there's a thing called graphite that you put in the wheels. And I'm like, okay. So we're kind of cobbling this thing together. So after going to, like, three different friends' houses for multiple different nights, we finally have a Pinewood Derby car, and my son is super excited about it, right? Here's his first car. And, uh, well, you know, I thought, okay, this looks fine, right? So we get there to the race, and they put four cars in at a time. And they put those four cars in, and they're going to have multiple different heats of this race. Right? They put the four cars in, and they get them going, and they go. And, you know, I'm watching this as a father. I go, oh, I hope this is his first experience. I hope it's good, because he built this, and he's so invested in this, right? And he goes down there, and sure enough, he comes in dead last. But that's okay. It's okay, uh, because there's multiple different heats, and those guys are just faster, Right? So we go to the next heat, and I'm watching it again as a father, you know. All the other fathers are over there, the graphite, and doing the things, and, you know, they're the super handy dads. And they run him again, and he comes in dead last. And then they run him again, and he comes in dead last. And it hurts. That night, he came in dead last in every single one of his races, and he kept a stirrup face. Like, he's a, he's a good kid. Like, he he's gets it, right? He kept, he kept a stiff upper lip about it. Got home, he went up into his room, he went to his closet, and he was crying in his closet holding his car. And I kid you not, true story, he's going to be here this afternoon, tomorrow. You can ask him, his name is Branson. The wheels fell off literally as he was crying in his closet of his car. And I was just like, ugh. So next year, it's Pinewood Derby time. The car box comes again, and then that 10,000 pound weighs on me. I'm like, ugh, this is going to take so much time, effort, energy. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. And I don't want to let my son down. And I remember what happened last year. And I'm feeling this weight of like, how do I do this? I don't know how to do this. Then the thought comes. I don't know how to do this, but certainly somebody knows how to do this has figured it out. So I go on a local thing, kind of like a Craigslist. I go on a local thing. I'm like, eh, maybe there's somebody that could help with this. Sure enough, I find somebody that can build kind of derby cars. So I'm texting this guy back and forth. And I'm asking him these questions. Are you guys build, you build plenty of cars? Yes, I help build those. I've got this thing. And my main question with him is, can you build it all in one night? Can we build this in one night? And he's like, yes, we can have it done in one night. I'm like, cool. What day can you do it? So we set up that time. I do a little date night with my son. And we go to dinner. And then we're going to go build this car at my friend's house, right, that I've met. Uh, we go to my friend's house. And uh, I walk in there. And I'm starting noticing, like, I go into his basement. And there's, like, a track set up, and there's like all these different tools and stuff. There's like a sign on the wall that says something engineering, and I'm like, whoa, this is legit. So I asked the guy, I'm like, I'm like, uh, what do you do here? And he says, I put people on the podium. <laughs> I'd found an expert. 
So I said, well, how does this work? You know, my son's right there, so it's a little bit awkward. He's like, well, we have the 150 package, the 250 package, and the 350 package. Now, you guys that are in sales know that I mean, obviously I can't go for the 150 package because that's just, you know, that's the low one. I can't do that. So I'm learning the 250 package. I'm like, okay, well, what do I get for the 250 package? He's telling me all about it and these things. And I said, okay, that sounds good. I'm like, well, what do I get for the 350 package? Or what's the difference between the 250 package and the 350 package? And he says, half a car's length. And I'm like, ah, I'm a frugal guy. I'm like, I think we'll be okay. I, let's just go for the 250 package. He says, it's great. And then he proceeds to teach my son to how to build a Pinewood River car. My son built it. But this is him at his house building it. And you can see his hands behind him guiding him. He's the expert. He's guiding him, but he's helping him build this Pinewood River car. Not only did he help him to build it, he taught him things about Pinewood Derby that I, this guy is an engineer. He's talking about the physics of how these things go and the wheels and all these different things, right? So he taught him how to do that. And now I'm getting a little bit worried, right? <laughs> we finished this car, and this is the guy that helped him build it. It's great, it's done that first night as promised, it's awesome. So we go, we take it out there. But he ran it on the track, because he has one there, like everyone does, right? In his basement, it's a digital track, he runs it. And he's like, ooh, that's fast. And I was, now I started to get worried, why am I worried? Because I'm about to go to a Pinewood Derby with a bunch of friends and neighbors who saw me last year and they know this guy's not handy. <laughs> So this year at the Pinewood Derby, I was on purpose, not next to the track. I was loitering somewhere else. Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? What's going on? What's going on in your life? How are things going? But I'm kind of noticing over there what's going on. And they run the first one. Oh, he won. <laughs> they run the second ones. And it wasn't even close. And I'm just hoping that there is somebody in this heat that has a car that's like remotely fast so it doesn't look so obvious. One of the friends that helped me cut it out the year before, he comes up to me, his name's Adam, he's like, Andy, what, what did, you, did you do? I'm like, oh, what, what are we? I had a friend that kind of, and he's just like, there's something different about this run. He won every single one of those and it ended up getting first place across everybody. Never lost a race. Experts help people get further faster, right? So that's the second principle. The first principle, lead with gratitude. Second principle, experts help people get further faster. I don't like to do this. I don't like to brag stuff. Number one, I can't build a Pinewood Derby car, okay? That's on my resume, not right there, right? I've been a real estate investor for almost 20 years now. I bought my first property in 2003, but I was like researching it and like wanting to be an investor in 2002, right? Um, but I flipped over 1,800 properties. I currently flip over 150 properties a year in my main company, my wholesale company. I own a bunch of single-family rentals, uh, a bunch of multifamily rentals, GP side. Um, on a lot of those, many of those, I own more than 25% of those complexes. Um, I've made over a million dollars of personal income for the last seven years. Over a million dollars, okay? And I wasn't going to share this because I don't like to share this stuff, but it's good for context, right? My real estate company netted over $3 million last year, just my real estate company, okay? So this stuff works. But the bottom thing here is it says it's wealthy. And I want to talk about that, okay? This is what the world thinks wealth is. And I hope you guys know from the people here, the speakers here, and I hope you knew that I was going to say this. This is not wealth, okay? This is what wealth is. This picture right here, okay? This is what wealth is. 
That top left picture is me and my two kids. You, may, you probably don't remember from the video. I did because it start, made me start crying. Uh, my two kids, one was talking about playing soccer and the other was talking about, I didn't know how blessed we are until we saw this, right? My son and daughter, we were able to do that. This was awesome. I was able to spend the time doing that. The top right was me. Um, my uncle was sick, lives in Georgia. We've got some family land. I was able to go there and help him clean up after some storms that had a bunch of trees down. Had such a phenomenal time doing that. And the other picture is just me with my family uh, hanging out, doing what we do. I love to travel with my family. I love to be there with them. I love to play sorry with my six-year-old son when he comes home from school in the afternoons, okay? That's what I love to do. My wife, she's, she's kind of got this little attitude, right? But this is, a, this is a shirt that she got for Christmas, and I think it's funny because she wears it. It's funny, but it's just like the attitude. I do what I want, right? But, um, but truly, the wealth is the time to do whatever you want. Now, then you get to choose how you want to spend your time, and then that's going to show who you really are and the things that you value. So I would, I would encourage you guys to choose to spend your time, if you're wealthy or when you get that wealth, to spend your time doing those things that will bless other people's lives, that will provide that true happiness and joy in your life. But everybody's going to, you're going to get that choice as soon as you achieve that wealth, okay? Um, there's a three-step process to wealth. And I wanted you guys to get this principle, right? Um, make money, Captain Obvious. You need to make money. You need to spend less than you make. And then you need to invest the difference. This is it, guys. I promise you, this is the secret to wealth. It's not Bitcoin, it's not Google IPOs, it's this. You make money, you live on less than you make, and you invest the difference. If you do this, I promise you, you can achieve that financial freedom and that, so you can get that wealth and that time in your life, okay? Now, real estate, we're going to talk some specifics. So I'm like, Andy, okay, you're giving us these true principles, but let's talk about real estate. Give me the dirt, right? Okay, I'm going to give it to you guys, but I hope you guys know that real estate is a way that you can make money, and I make great money doing things that we're going to talk about in real estate. So it's a great way to make money, and it's also a great place to put your money. Okay, to invest that difference. And I do both. I invest in things that provide me rent and interest. And thirdly, family memories. Those are my three investments. Rent, interest, and family memories. Those are the things that I invest in, okay? All right, let's talk about it. I know what you guys are thinking. I know what you're thinking. Does real estate still work? This market's like this. It's up, down, sideways. It's all these things. Does it still work? The answer is yes. I think you guys have seen that for the first day and a half, right? The answer is yes. Many people in this room that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars in some cases doing real estate. So this obviously still works. I hope you can believe that and eliminate any of those limiting beliefs that you guys have, right? Um, but you have to take action on that information, okay? This is, Mike, where are you at? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I love this quote from Mike in his book. I had to show his book there, right? Uh, you can't steer a parked car. So I love... This is Mike just sitting there wondering why people won't take action. Just banging his head. Why won't you take action? Why won't you take action, right? All right. So what should I be doing? What's the highest value task? Finding deals, guys. It's finding deals. Like that is your highest value task. Do those actions that are going to help you find deals, period. Like find deals. That's where the money's at. It's not setting up your LLC or getting your business cards or your fancy website. None of that stuff. It's finding deals. Doing things that are going to help you find deals. And I'm going to talk about how we do that in a second. Um, and then eventually you'll grow into how can I find people that will help me find deals and they'll do that for me. Because I'm blessed in my real estate business, I've got a lot of people. I used to do everything myself, but now I've got people in my business who help me and they do all of these things. So I'm not day-to-day -day actively doing those things, but I'm able to do more and go further faster with all of them in my business as well, okay? So how do I do that? How do I find deals? First of all, I'd say you need to know what a deal is. Because some people wouldn't know a deal if they hit them in the face. That's my thing for that, right? You got to know what a deal is first, okay? And that comes from studying your local market. There's a few things, and you don't want to get too caught up in this where you're spending too much time doing these things, and really what you're trying to do is not get on the phone, not prospect, and not start talking to sellers, okay? So you want to do enough of this stuff. Well, what should I do, Andy? What should I be learning? 
your local area, whatever you're gonna do business, understand what a deal is, what values of properties are. You can use Zillow, I get that's fine. I also like, I like to use the MLS. I like to search the stuff that's active, under contract, sold, right? Just get to know, I call it building your mental MLS. What, is these prop, what are these properties worth? Uh, costs, some general repair costs, stuff. you need to know that. And also who's successful in your market? Because different markets will have different techniques that can have uh, success, right? Does that make sense? Some markets are better for this, some markets are better for that. Just kind of know what's my market, what's the thing that's gonna bring success in my market. Okay, now I know what a deal looks like. Do you have any money? Awkward question. I love that emoji. Who doesn't love that emoji? Right? <laughs> okay, so there's paid ways to find deals and unpaid ways. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit this, so far the last day and a half, but let's talk about it a little bit. I'm going to reemphasize some of these points. So the unpaid ways, I call them brute force deals, is basically doing what other people are unwilling to do. So one, I think this will work in today's market right now because it's shifted a little bit into a buyer's market. I mean, you guys feel that, right? Uh, MLS offers, I think that will work. Now that you know what a deal is because you've established your buy box, you know what you're looking for, right? Now you can make offers in the MLS to meet those criteria. Networking is still a great way to get deals. Local real estate investor associations, find people who are doing things that will produce deals, produce leads that will produce deals. So find those people. And also wholesalers are great because I'm going to show you in a second how wholesalers spend money, a lot of money. And... Uh, you can get deals from wholesalers right now, okay? So make offers. When you know what your buy box is, when a wholesaler sends out a deal that meets your criteria, if the price doesn't, send them an offer. I promise you. And here's the method that I use. If there's somebody doing something that's gonna produce deals, like a newer investor that's out there door knocking or cold calling, whatever he's doing, I'm gonna keep him and I'm gonna follow up with him every week or so and just say, hey, everything's going. Hey, Chris, I remember you're door knocking. How many, you got any deals in the pipeline? What, you know, you're looking for something? If you do that and you follow up with them, eventually, um, you'll, you'll be able to get something from them. Um, if you want to be added to our buyers list, we're wholesalers as well. Take a picture of that. Send an email to Nicole. Utah, New Mexico, Indiana, 54321. Uh, and hustle efforts too. And a lot of this stuff's been talked about. But uh, driving for dollars, cold call, cold text, door knocking, these type of things. And Ryan Smith's going to talk about this. And Austin Kepley talked about these things. Like From Austin's thing, I was like, I watched that back there. I'm like... Bam, right there. It works, right? Do these things. These are the type of niche lists that can, like, well, who should I be door knocking? Who should I be cold calling? Who should I be cold texting? These people. Probate, code enforcement, close to occupancy, like the health department has those lists, right? Uh, vacant houses, evictions, notice of defaults. And Ryan Smith's going to tell us some more. All right. Now you're like, Andy, that sounds like a lot of hard work. And it is. There's a lot of effort there. I got a little bit of money. I want to go ahead and, and do this, right? Um, these are higher cost with your lower effort. We employ a lot of these in my business right now. And here's what I want you to remember with that. Uh, the guy's burning the money there. I thought it was kind of a funny picture, but I also want you guys to remember that if you're gonna start a marketing channel, I see so many people that send out some direct mail and they do it once and they stop. Like have a six month budget at least for what you're gonna do and have that money mentally kind of burn that money. Like I'm gonna invest this money and see if this is gonna work for me and have that consistency to follow up and do that for six months. Uh, and know your KPIs too. Know your KPIs. When you're spending this money, you need to know if it's working or not. That three main KPIs, what's my cost per lead? How many of those leads does it take to get a contract? And what's my average contract or my profit that I'm making on that? Um, and I would also sit and tell you like, you can start with a group like this and say, hey, what's your best of most effective uh, lead source um, from a most volume perspective and cost perspective? So you might as well start with the most effective one, right? So for us, direct mail works. It still works. I'm going to show you my numbers here in a second. Pull a list, and there's lots of different ways you can pull lists. But list source is one of them. And, you know, Captain Obvious, but like area. What area do I want to mail in? Um, 
equity is something you want to filter for. Uh, maybe you want to have a lot of equity. Maybe you want to have no equity if you're looking to do some sub two deals, right? Tax value of the house, because you might not want to be mailing multi-million dollar homes. It might not be what you're trying to target. Non-owner occupied is like, come on, that's like the center of the target, right? Uh, I've got a, I'm not going to show that story. <laughs> and length of ownership is something and the age of home too, right? So just know these things, build your criteria and to send out those mailers. So that's, that is a mailer that we've used that has pulled it. And uh, that's what it looks like for us. Here's our, here's our KPIs. There's something about flip hacking live. It's like a truth serum. You get up here and you just have to like lay it out for them. Like this is what it is. It's not sexy guys. Like you look at that and think like, man, I thought he was gonna show you something better than that. No, that's the truth right there. $762 on the cost per lead, 10 leads per contract, 10.3. My contract cost me $7,800. Crazy, right? So I'm spending 26%. Like I'm spending a dollar to make four, which is cool, but like it's costing me money. So those of you are like, I've spent $6,000 direct mail, I got nothing. Me too, right? SEO is another big one for us. This takes a lot of upfront effort. SEO is search engine optimization. You're doing things to have the Google's algorithm find you and, and rank you well because they think you're relevant to your customer that's searching you, okay? Uh, a lot of upfront effort. It starts off slow, but it grows, okay? Uh, here's my KPIs with that. Obviously a lot better, but we're doing it for a number of years. So if you could have every lead come that way, but it's a smaller volume of deals there. We get like more deals from direct mail, okay? Uh, PPC, pay per click. You guys know that like the top four or five ads are paid ads. So Google and Bing both do this. It requires skill to run it. Speed to, key, speed to leads is absolutely key. Your team better be on point. You need tight operations. You're gonna spend a bunch of money and you're gonna quit. But it does work. We get a lot of deals from this, okay? There it is. There's people in my market that pay money to know that right now. Congratulations, that's what you guys get for being here. Flip Hacking Live family, okay? Yeah, you can clap for that, sure. All right, um, so there they are all together. So you can see them, those of you guys that wanna, there you go, click your, click your numbers there. All right, so anybody wants to, who manages my PPC and SEO for the last like five years? This is the company that's been doing it. Full disclosure, I own part of this company. So uh, they handle all the stuff for me, but I trust them to do it for others as well. Only higher level investors that have marketing budgets, that have tight operations, like people that are like, I'm just getting started. Like, I love you, but it's probably not the best thing for you, okay? So take that picture if you've been doing multiple deals and have tight operations. Um, then expanding outward from that, right? Then you can do broader mailing lists, just expand your mailing list, Facebook ads, uh, higher networkers, higher cold callers, and those things. And then you get to mass media. So you guys ever wonder if that mass media works? That guy's got a billboard. I wonder if that works. He's on the radio. I wonder if that works. That dude's on TV. I want to be on TV, right? So I found out that my dad watches Judge Judy in the afternoon and eats lunch every day. <laughs> Who does that? My dad does. How did I find that out? Because I didn't tell anybody this, but I secretly started running TV ads because I heard it worked. And I'm like, I'm gonna try it out. And that's one of the things we do in this mastermind group. Uh, we bring people in, we have people like me that'll spend my money on my team, my system to test stuff out and I'll bring the results to you guys and see what it is. You guys, you wanna peek behind it? Yeah. Not really, I'll skip the slide. You wanna peek behind it? Yeah. Okay, cool. It's a little awkward too because my, uh, my wife is super embarrassed by this, right? But my, my, my dad has never been more proud of me. I've been doing real estate for 20 years, but he's walking around like, my son, he's on TV. My son's on TV, <laughs> right? And all of the older people in his neighborhood, they're saying, like, I saw your son on TV. I saw your son on TV. All right, you guys ready? This was so awkward. My wife's like, that's not you. Hi, this is Andy with Inlight Home Buyers, and we buy houses as is. For over 15 years, we've been your local option to sell your house for cash. 
fast. We buy homes all over Utah in any condition and price. Inherited homes, foreclosures, empty lots and land, vacant houses, even nicer homes you just can't keep up with. We make it super easy with no repairs and no closing costs. It's that simple. If you're even thinking about selling, give us a call. We're the local, experienced home buyer giving you a fair cash offer. Call 801-695-9500. Yeah, you can clap for that. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You ready for the slide? It's nine months, guys. It's nine months. So I'm not saying it doesn't work, but that's nine months worth of data us giving that with our same operations, all that stuff. So I would be careful about when you do those type of things. I would definitely exhaust the stuff in the center of your circle first. Does that make sense? That's six figures right there of information that I just gave you guys. Um, my team, uh, sales reps, I get on once a month with them and kind of talk to them. I have a sales manager. He does his weekly thing, but I get on once a month and we talk to him. And recently they were talking about stuff. They were a little bit in the, the ah, yeah, sellers, this and that. And I was just listening to him, listening to him. And then, and then uh, finally at the end of that, they were kind of done doing their thing. And I was like, all right, I got some stuff. So I just kind of laid down. I'm like, who do motivated sellers sell to? And these my guys have been with me for some of them years. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, whoever's in front of them. Whoever's in front of them, right? So I'm like, control what you can control. I say this, I'm like a broken record to my team. I, every, I'm like, control what you can control, guys. Are you guys doing this, right? So let's talk about some of those fundamentals that you have to be doing in your business, okay? I love putting pictures of Bill Allen in there too. That same picture. You guys been catching them? Anybody been catching the Easter eggs of Bill Allen? A couple of Bill Allen Easter eggs? Cool. Uh, number one, whether you're paid or unpaid advertising, you always need to be prospecting or advertising. Always. Consistency is key. If you're not doing that and you're wondering why you don't have any business, it's because you're not doing those things. Do those things that will produce the deals. Prospect or advertise. Answer your phone and speak. Like, I think everyone knows that, that it's not go to a voicemail. It's always answer live. I mean, that's just, everybody knows that at this point. But speed to leads is key too. Get to those leads fast. Okay? Before appointments, and I'm going to talk through this somewhat quickly, but here's how I do it. I call it pre-working the appointment, right? You already know these people are motivated. You're going to go see them. So all I'll do is I'll look at the house from Google Earth just to kind of see where it's at in relationship, what's next to it. Is it kind of a cute house? Is it a busy road? Then I'll look at the property specifics. This is like bedrooms, bathrooms, year built, square footage. And then I'll look at comparables on the MLS. And all this time I'm doing this, uh, I want to know what this house is worth, what I think it's worth like as is, what I think it's worth fixed up. And I know all these things. Ultimately, I'm finding my truth what I think this house is worth now and what I think it could be worth when I fix it up. I need to know my truth before I go into that appointment. Because when I go into that appointment, I'm going to forget all about my thing and I'm going to go straight there for them, okay? And the appointment, I call it game time. And I told my reps this too. I'm like, guys, you know, Michael Jordan, he can do whatever he's doing like on the weekends and stuff and he's a hard worker, but you better believe when it's the NBA finals, like he's out there. You know there's a different focus of Jordan when it's just like a normal game and it's like the, it's like the finals. He's like, you know, he had the flu that one year, and he's just like, I don't care. He just willed it, right? So I'm like, an appointment for you, it's game time. You are there to do your thing and lock in, and you're focused, right? You better show up on time. Michael Jordan would not show up, you know. You show up on time. That builds trust right out of the gate, right? Be real. Be you. Don't try to sell like Andy McFarland or JJ or anybody else. Like, be you. People can sniff it out if it's not authentic. And building rapport, you got to focus on them. you got to care. But focus on them first, right? That's going to build rapport. If you are talking more than 10% of the time, you're losing. You need to listen to them. Ask open-ended questions and let them answer that, right? And here's what it looks like. This is the best thing I can get, the best visual I can get. Because you guys are like, you go to appointments, you're like, I don't know what to talk to them. I don't know what to do. You know when you go, it's those of you that have been to optometrists before, you sit down there. He doesn't, he knows you need help, correction, but he doesn't know specifically how to help you. So he puts this thing in front of your eyes called a phoropter. And he puts it in front of your eyes and he says, 
is it clear here or here? And you tell him, here, here. And he's asking all these questions and you're telling him. And as you're telling those things, you're clarifying to him what prescription you need. And at the end of that, when you've just, he's asking all these questions and he's like, you're like, bam, this is it. This is super clear. Now he's got your prescription. He's got your glasses. How likely are you to buy those glasses from him? You're going to buy them because that's your prescription. Now, if you go there and he tells you, oh yeah, here, this is my glasses. Here you go. This work for me. And you're like, this don't work for me. Well, and buy them, buy, 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 you know? You're not going to do it. So think of that, that when you go to see these sellers, focus on them, ask those questions to know what they need, their prescription, give it to them, and they'll buy that, right? Everybody wants to buy that. If you need to educate them because you learned what this property's worth, and if you think they're way off in the night, you can educate them. And I always like to do it by... Uh, subtly, softly, I don't want to tell them stuff. I want to help them discover with me. So I might say, well, what's the house worth? And they tell me, I'm like, okay, well, I've actually, before I came here, I looked at some comparables in the neighborhood. Do you know what comparables are? I explain it to them. I said, let's look at them. And I look through them all. And then after all those ones show a different value, then I'll be like, what do you think your house is worth? And they're like, well, from all that, I'm like, oh, okay. They're saying it, not me, right? Discovering it, those type of things. If needed, I'll educate them that way. And closing, once I understand there, I've got the prescription, I'm going to hand it to them. If you've built rapport and they know you care about them, you've listened to them and you've shown them the right prescription, here's a good closing statement. Would you trust me to help you with this? What are they going to say? Well, yeah, I've got a problem. You obviously know there's a prescription. If that's something you can help with, yeah, it's hard for them to say they don't trust you, right? Would you trust me to help you with that? And if you don't get the contract, this is fundamentals. If you don't get the contract, notes, you control that, right? Notes. Uh, tasks and follow up like crazy. This is in your control. That's why I'm like a broken record. Control what you control. You can do those type of things, right? I promise you guys, if you do those things, it'll put you on the podium. Okay? That will put you on the podium. Simple stuff. Fundamentals. Have I answered it? Have I shared with you guys KPIs? Real stuff, real money I've spent. Okay? Have I given you guys some fundamentals, although I went through them quickly, have I given you fundamentals? That stuff works. I have built a multi-million dollar business on those things and training my, my people to do those things, okay? I'm glad you asked. You guys okay with this? Can I ask you guys a favor? Have I given you any value today? Yes. Okay, then I'd like to ask you a favor. Um, everybody here, you have something to write with? Okay. I'm gonna ask you to write down Thinking of friends, family, associates, whoever in your life, I'm going to ask you to write down the first three names that come. And these are people that are, you know, older people. That, let's say they have a cell phone, okay? I want you to write down the first three names that come to your mind. Just write them down on your paper, please. Everybody got three? Perfect. Now I'd like you to do something for me. This is kind of for me too. I think this will be cool. Because I, I see lights up here, but it's kind of dark in the audience. Can everybody pull out your cell phone? You know they do that thing in the stadiums where they like have the cell phone? Pull it out. I want to see the cell phone. Everybody pull it out and show me the light. I want to see the light. Everybody, not everybody's doing it. Come on now. I don't believe you left it in your hotel room. Like I'm going to focus today. I'm going to listen to everybody. Yeah, right. It's right here. I get it. Everybody's got it. Everybody's got it. Everybody pull it out. Okay, cool. Well, here's what I want to ask you to do for the next two minutes. I want you to take that off airplane mode because hopefully you were on airplane mode. And I want you to go through the people on that list and I want you to send each one of those guys a text. And I want to, it can go something like this. Something that you're grateful for that they've done for you. Say something kind about them that you appreciate about them. Express them love, whatever you're comfortable doing there. And it can be something like, hey, I was thinking about you today because you were. And I'm grateful for you in my life. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for all those things you taught me, whatever it is. And it can be, you know, I love you, whatever it is. But sincere, send them some sincere 
appreciation, gratitude, love, kindness. Can I get like a two-minute talk, talk on there? messages of love and kindness and appreciation to people, which is amazing. <sighs> Three years ago last month, my mom passed away. She was my best friend. I woke up this morning early and I started having thoughts and that happens to me sometimes. And actually, like, I didn't see her, but I spoke to my mom. And I remembered. She passed away in 2019 in September. She sent me a text on my birthday, June 10th, 2019, the year she passed away. She sent me a text. I read that text every year on my birthday. Now, the contents of that text are personal to me. She expressed love and shared some things that were just amazing, that have been a blessing to my life. She probably just thought it was just a text, but it meant something to me. So I want to encourage you guys to be that love, to share those things. If you're having a bad day, be that person that sends those messages, uplifting message of kindness and love to others. And I promise you, that'll lift you up. And sometimes that boomerangs back and sometimes they'll hit you back with a text message, right? But I hope you learn this third principle. You make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. 
that's the most important. Thank you.